for another Mid-South Viewpoint program. So glad that you joined us today. If you've been listening lately to the program, and maybe just real recently, we had the opportunity to have James Kirkwood, Executive Director of the Memphis Christian Pastors Network, also the Associate Pastor of Ambassadors for Christ Church in North Memphis, having a phenomenal time like we always do when James comes in the studio. We had to continue the conversation. I don't do a lot of part twos, but we had to do a part two, kind of expand our conversation. James, it's good to have you back. Absolutely, Barry. We have sat in this room many times. This is a blessed place. Thank you. It is. You have brought friends with you time and time again. We've had pastors from the Memphis Christian Pastors Network. You were actually in here with your blue uniform on when you, yes. before you retired after 31 years from the Memphis Police Department. Yes. As a colonel. Yes. Last time we were talking about that career and how much you felt like being a police officer was a calling from God on your life. Yes, it was. It was. It was beautiful. All right. It was beautiful. You know, and it was not work for me. I tell people when you are in your purpose, purpose is not work. All right. Purpose is what you do naturally. For me, serving the community through the police department, even serving the community now through the Memphis Christian Pastors Network. It's not work for me. It is what I do naturally. And so I can spend a lot of hours. My wife would say, man, you should you going to work again. It was what I did naturally. It was just easy to do. Preaching the gospel is something that is natural for me. Talking to people and, and serving people is something that is natural. You know what I said I want to do? Uh, one of my jobs, I want to do it. I want to be a waiter. I want to go and yep. wait tables. Houston, preferably, <laughs> you know, Houston's restaurant, because I just like serving people. When I figured out my why, you know, I am here to serve and God just used the police department and he used the Memphis Christian Pastors Network. He used those things as vehicles for that service. It's beautiful, man. It is beautiful. I don't know if we've ever talked about children in the Kirkwood home. Oh, man. We talked about your kids. No, we probably haven't. I have four daughters. I have four daughters. Thank God they all grown. Praise the Lord. But I have four daughters. Uh, we are a blended family. Uh, I have two daughters from my first marriage. I have two daughters, uh, Jessica and Jamie, married Beverly. And I got two more daughters, Camille and Trelise. They are absolutely beautiful. Uh, I have two son-in-laws, uh, Jessica and Jamie are married. I have about 14, 15 grandchildren. <laughs> and uh, it is all, oh, man, to hear, granddaddy. Oh, my heart just melts. And I'm like, give them whatever they want. <laughs> Uh, my daughters still say daddy. And when they say it, it's like a little girl, you know, they are grown. And when they call my name, daddy, it is such a beautiful thing. It is like music. I think I'm experiencing what God experienced when we <laughs> call him father, yes. you know, Abba. God just turns, you know. I was in the mall in the, uh, Walmart. A kid said, Daddy. And I turned. I'm like, that's that sound. <laughs> you know, that's that sound. And I saw this young guy <laughs> reach down to his child. I'm like, oh, you are so blessed. You are oh. so blessed. So, yeah, I have four girls. Uh, they're absolutely wonderful. I'm excited about them. They're just beautiful. And uh, they make me happy. They take care of their daddy. Oh, yes. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, I can do no wrong. Uh, I can do no wrong. Uh, Beverly always says that it's uh, us against her because I'm like, hey, what y'all want? I mean, they just they are good. They are absolutely wonderful. God wow. is blessed. That is so awesome. You have that special 
relationship with your kids? And I have two beautiful son-in-laws. Man, I love my son-in-laws. Uh, I was with one Genesis uh, yesterday. I needed him. I had to do some honeydews. And I said, Genesis, I need your help. And uh, he said, all right. And uh, he came and he lifted this heavy furniture that I needed to be lifted. Praise the Lord for youth and yes, man, yes, you know, yes, and muscles. Yes, yes. And uh, it was absolutely <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I'm blessed with uh, three godsons. I didn't have sons, so I mentored. I was mentored growing up by Vandy Rankin. He is my godfather. Awesome man of God. And he mentored me. And I asked him one day, I said, what can I do to pay you back? I need to pay you back. And he said, do what I did for you for someone else. And so in life, I uh, mentored three young men as my sons, and they call me Pops. Josh Bafford, Larry, Nasaru. He's from Sierra Leone, and they are my three sons, and I love them. They are just special. It's a good thing. God has blessed. He is uh, blessed. That's why I love talking to you, James. I love just the excitement for life that you have. Your love for Jesus is so radiant and so real. The way you practically reach out and show that love, you know, it's not just talk. This is who you are. And I really appreciate that about you. You know, last week we were kind of talking about your career as a police officer, how much you enjoyed it. We also were talking about the abuse of police power and how we do need to make some changes in the way police departments are run because there are those in there that are abusing their power. And we need some legitimate change in our justice system. One of the things I kind of want to start with today is this unheard cry or this ignored cry of oppression. It seems to have gone along for so long. And what we have been awoke to through the wrongful death of George Floyd is something that has been simmering. And there's been these outbreaks that will happen, but nothing to the degree that we see across our nation, around the world, crying for justice. Yes. Oppression that needs to stop. I'm reminded of Dr. Martin Luther King. Dr. Martin Luther King, when he was asked about nonviolence, you know, he was a nonviolent protester. Awesome man of God. He is noted today as one of our prophets of our nation. And when asked about the rioting, the violent protests. Martin Luther King told him he was totally against violent protests. I am totally against violent protests. I do not like violence. All right? I do not like burning, breaking windows, damaging property. I hate that. All right, I hate that. And it really bothers me when I see it, as it did Dr. King. But Dr. King said, but I understand it. It comes from years of the oppressed being unheard. And when you ignore someone, those of us who are in relationships, when we ignore our children, all of a sudden our children throw tantrums. They do something to get our attention. You go to therapy and you be like, why is this child acting out? It's because you have been ignoring something that has been there for years. And you will hear our children say, you don't pay attention to me. You don't listen to me. You have not heard. You're not hearing me. Those of us who are married, us men and women, when our spouses act out all right, or say something that gets our attention and then we like, what is wrong with you? The same thing that has been wrong with me for years. You have ignored my plea. You have ignored what I was saying. Here's something that we in America must be honest. All right. When uh, Colin Kaepernick took a knee in the football field. All right. He was ousted. He was uh, told that he was unpatriotic, that he was un-American, and none of that was true. He was very much American. As they said, that Martin was un-American. 
Martin was absolutely American, very much American. He got accused of being a communist. Yes. All right. He was no communist. But here's the deal. When he protests the injustice, the injustice of what America was doing, Martin did it. Colin Kaepernick, what he did was he was protesting the injustice of police brutality upon African-Americans within our city. And not just African-Americans, even white or Hispanic. Anybody who was being oppressed, the American Indian, anybody being oppressed, that's what he took a knee for, to raise consciousness, to raise awareness of it, all right? He was frowned upon. He was looked at and spoken ill of. Uh, it is strange that in America, when someone says uh, there's a problem with America, he is deemed unpatriotic. No, we are not totally good. If those of us who are in Christ, we know that all right? we know that we are not 100 percent good. How can we think America is 100 percent good? All right. And so we see some of the wrong in America when it comes to police brutality and brutality being accepted or excused. All right. You excuse the bad behavior of Johnny, expecting that Johnny will do good. What did grandmama tell you? Grandmama said that boy going to embarrass you one day because you take the Eli approach. The prophet Eli in the Bible, whose son was doing wrong, his sons were doing wrong. He uh, spoke softly to their wrong. Well, God don't like that. Once again, because the nation has spoke softly to police wrong. Not all police was doing wrong. Well, I mean, even last time we got together, James, you said a majority of police wearing blue are doing good. They're giving back. They're They're making sacrifices for the community. Yes, answering calls for service, taking care of people. I tell people, if you really want to see ministry, I would tell pastors this here. They would ask me, how can you be a policeman and a preacher? And I would say, easy. Policing gives you a platform to serve the harvest. You are in the midst of the harvest and you get to serve the harvest. All right. And so if you want to see the harvest and you want to see men and women at work taking care of the harvest, taking care of children, the fatherless. What did James say? True religion is this. All right. That you will take care of the fatherless, that you will take care of the widow and her affliction and that you will keep yourself unspotted from the world. All right. So if you really want to take care of the fatherless and, and take care of the widow, become a policeman. Or come and walk with policemen as they walk through the harvest, taking care of the fatherless, making sure that kids go to school, giving them pep talks to stay in school, uh, helping them with tutoring, that kind of thing, visiting the widow, taking her groceries, knocking on the door, checking on her from time to time, sitting on the porch, talking to her. That's powerful. That's powerful ministry. It was absolutely beautiful for me. And it's absolutely beautiful for the majority of police officers who are out there that are doing it. Baron, you have to walk it to see it. And I wish people could really see police at work. And I think Memphis, Memphis showed that they appreciate police when they passed. And Memphis is the majority of African-American city. All right. And they voted for a tax increase for police because Memphis has seen the love and the service of the police department. It has been there for them and they see it. 
uh, the police department has also seen, I was listening to Essica Cage, uh, who was the uh, vice president for the union. She acknowledged on social media how the community, black community and white community has come out in support of police officers, not just voting for the tax increase, but also when one of our officers are fallen. Man, they come out in big droves. You know, I just saw an article the other day on social media at a restaurant. I think it was a Cracker Barrel. There was a table with about four, five police officers having lunch there. All of them at the table, if I remember, were all white. And an African-American gentleman walked up and said, I want to pay for your meals. And they said, no, we don't want you. No, I insist. God wants me to do this. Yes. Took those tickets and went up and paid. And these are stories we don't hear about. Yeah, you don't hear, but they are there. Here's something Eska said. I want to add this. And she said, this is the day. As the community has always shown support for police, this is the day when the police needs to show support for the community. The good officers that are there, all right, has to speak loud and say, we are against police brutality. We join you in this fight. We acknowledge something is absolutely wrong. And we join you in ridding the wrong, in writing, making the crooked straight. All right. Yes. We, we support you in this. All right. We come alongside you because we don't want our city defamed by some negative individuals or trying to cover negative individuals. Uh, because if we cover them, it's going to make it worse. All right. This time we want to get it right. We want to do it right this time. Yes. This time we don't ever want to revisit. True repentance is this. A repentant heart is a change from the old behavior that you were doing and you begin to turn and walk in the right way. We don't ever want to revisit this again. No. And that brings me to this point here, James, when we look at revisiting this again. Unless we deal with the root oh. and, and not the fruit, but the root, because I think we've too often pointed out the fruit when the root of the issue is not skin, but it's sin. And as followers of Jesus Christ, you and I know the only hope for humanity is Jesus. Oh, Baron, uh, what does, ooh, you know you said a whole lot now, all right? Uh, You said a whole lot. Malachi tells us he has shown us what is right. And what God requires of us. And what he says is that the Lord required thee to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. That's what God has required. It ain't, it ain't even hard to do justly, do what is right, all right? And to love mercy, all right? Love mercy because all of us need it and you should fall in love with it. But all of us want to be dealt with justly. And you should do that. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Treat people the way you want to be treated. All right. But to walk humbly with our God. And when we fail to walk humbly with God and when we fail to uh, love mercy and when we fail to do justly, then things in our nation will go awry and the voice of God will not be heard because we are dismissing it. And there's a lot of things when you say sin, it comes in the form in America with systematic racism. When you see it built within the justice system, the justice network, countless men who've been in prison for years and they were innocent. 
They were innocent, the innocent project. When you look at that, it makes you cry. It makes you cry. I tell Beverly, I say, I don't know what's going on because as I've gotten older, I've always been one who would cry and worship, you know, cry in the presence of God. But now I sit back and listen to stories. And before I know it, tears will come up. And I was watching the innocent project and it was like, ah, oh, 20 years, 40 years a man has been in prison and we say it's all right. We have to really look at that. We have to look at how is a great nation like America is prison system is more than any of those in the other nations. How are we putting people in prison by the thousands every day? Well, James, it's like we have a mentality of marketing everything that we do, you know, oh. and it's become big business. It's big business. It's big business, Pastor. I'm sorry, Byron. <laughs> you, know, you know, it is big business. And when you begin to make money off the poor, God says wrong. He that maketh his riches off of the poor, God don't like it. But when you see it, and, and I've I've seen it for years and people have seen it, you have to question that. You have to question school systems in African American communities are always inadequate. It didn't just start. It was happening way back in the day, all right? And so African Americans have always had to fight for a quality of education, have had to fight for strong, vibrant communities, communities that uh, ran down and then money comes in to refurbish it, you know, as they are pushed out. You have to look and say, wait a minute, why couldn't you all invest in that community before you all push the people out of the community? Why couldn't you invest the same money that you're now investing in? And when you look at downtown, when you look at certain communities downtown, you look at all of a sudden these communities are coming back. Why couldn't you have invested that money years ago to keep that community vibrant and strong? When you look at our corridors, uh, the airport corridor, which was once a thriving area, and it's still homeownership, 100% almost, in that area where they're paying taxes. But when you look at the corridor and you see it's not being invested in, you have to come back and say, wait a minute, what is this? What's going on? And I'm not saying not to invest in Cooper Young or not to invest in the square, all right, and not to invest riverfront. I'm, I'm saying yes, all right? But Memphis needs to also invest in those African-American communities that are thriving and are good. You need to invest in Park Avenue. Uh, Orange Mound is a historical community in our nation. One of the uh, oldest African-American communities where the first African-American bank was, all right, is a thriving place. And that Park Avenue should be invested in. You should figure out how to bring it up and make it look good. The Whitehaven Corridor, Airways, Winchester, all of that should be invested in. Uh, people coming to our city from the airport and they need to see something good. Our school system needs to be invested in so that it can be a thriving place. People shouldn't build their cities around the negative of our school system. All right. There should never be a commercial out there that says, hey, you should want to come and live in Arlington or Germantown or Carrierville because we have stepped away from Shelby County school system and our school system is a step above. All right. We should make sure that never be said. And that comes from a plan and a strategy to put things in work. But that systematic racism that you will see will always be perpetrated uh, within our community and it causes a lot of problems and we ignore it. All right. We ignore it like it's not real. It is real. And the African-American community and those leaders have always told you that this exists. And when it is ignored, people just like, man, you all ain't hearing us. And then there's a tantrum. You know, and now we hope you listen. Now, I'm like to see. I thank God for the protest, not the violence. Yes. But the nonviolent protest, it is beautiful. What's beautiful, Byron, white, 
black, Hispanic, male, female, young, young people are out there saying we want a better America. And I think you're right on. There's a Barnard report that was released recently. Statistics showed that the older generation said, I don't think there's anything we can do about the race issue. But when they surveyed the younger generation, they say, yes, yes. we can make a difference. We, we, can, can, make a we difference. can make a change and we want to change. And we want to change. All right. And that's beautiful. All right. And I'm going to tell you, when I looked at that, when I saw all those uh, 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 white, black, Hispanic, everybody, I, it quickly went to Martin Luther King's dream, a day when little black boys and little black girls would join hands and be playing and join hands together. And they will be not judged by the color of their skin, but the content of the character. I saw, will you look at young black boys and young black girls out there fighting together, playing together, walking together, protesting together? This is powerful. All right. This is powerful in our nation. This is a day that we should smile upon. All right. We should smile at this when we see it. It is absolutely beautiful. Pastor, Black Lives Matter has been on the scene now for about four years. What's your take on this organization? When it comes to Black Lives Matter, uh, we differ on certain things. We are together on certain things. So I can walk with Black Lives Matter on the issues that we agree on. Those issues that we disagree on, we separate. All right. I don't join their fight and I don't call them to be a partner in my fight. But when we are dealing with difficult situations, partnerships sometimes come based on your enemy is my enemy. And so we were partner, all right, as in war, during times of war, when nations would come together to go against a certain enemy. But after the fight was over, then they went back to their corners and began to deal with whatever they wanted to deal with that we disagreed with. It's real important that uh, we as a people, because we do it all the time, all right, you know, we do it in politics. There's much about the Republican Party that is not Christian. There's much about Democratic Party that is not Christian. All right. But we walk alongside of it because the Republican Party may have some stands that we readily can accept. We don't agree with this, but we agree with this. And on this, we walk with the party. When it comes to the Democratic Party, there are things that we readily accept. We readily accept about the party that we can walk with it. We disagree over here, but we join the party because this party best suits what we think and this part of best suits what we think and so we are doing it all the time all right we're doing it all the time we do it amongst family we walk with uncle joe to a certain degree all right but then we differ with uncle joe over here all right so when we come to different groups we walk with them according to what we agree on what we disagree on we step aside Within the Christian faith, there is Baptist, there is Protestant, there is Catholic, there is Presbyterian, the Episcopalian. All of us come together upon the banner of Jesus Christ. All right. Then we go and we separate based on doctrine. All right. Certain things cause us to go over here. But at certain points, we can all come together uh, to make a stand when it comes to Christ on you know, who he is. Christ is God's son. He is the savior of the world. He is the Messiah. All right. He is the redemption of our souls. We agree on it completely. All right. Now we may differ when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we'd be like, I don't know about that. All right. <laughs> you know, and so we begin to differ. We may differ in the work of uh, women in the ministry. Some say this, some say that we separate. It is the same way. I look at it as the same way. And then I'm always cautious for God. So loved the world Ain't nothing good in the world. 
All right. And what we do wrong is when we start making our unclean selves clean to the point that we think some kind of we are being exempt. You know, man, you was in sin, lost in need of a savior, just as everybody that you separate from that the Black Lives Matter uh, movement is saying, I'm working toward the homosexual, the transgender, all of that that you step away from. But listen, here's what the word of God said. For God so loved the world, which includes all those people that you trying to step away from, that he gave his only begotten son. Christ died for them. And if Christ died for them, that means there is value value in them. All right. And you have to be the God within you enough to be able to say, Hey, I may not agree, but you too need justice. Cause that's what Malachi said. You too need justice and you too need mercy. And I shouldn't stand for any abuse of you. I shouldn't stand for any abuse of you. And that's how I stand. I ain't finna say for me, certain things are sin and I ain't finna call sin, not sin. All right. It's sin. All right. But I'm wise enough to know. All right. All sin is sin. Now, your sin may be pretty and accepted culturally uh, within the community. Certain things. Oh, that's normal. All right. You know, this is no, 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 no. Let's be realistic. All sin is abnormal. All of it. Well, Another dynamic afternoon with my friend, Colonel James Kirkwood. James, thank you for speaking your heart. Thank you for taking these last two shows, keeping it gospel focused. Thanks so much for opening my eyes to some things that I need to be aware of, too. I really appreciate the work that you do in our community through the Memphis Christian Pastors Network. And you've done as retired colonel in the Memphis Police Department as you proudly wore that badge as you continue to serve our community. This is your second home. You're always welcome here. Byron, I appreciate you. I love uh, what you do on this radio. You know it. I think you are the greatest. And uh, I hope Bot Radio knows that the most famous and most awesome radio announcer <laughs> is Byron Tyler. I love you on this radio. Uh, when I hear, when I tune in, if you, when I hear your voice, I'm like, oh, that's Byron. <laughs> By God, I'm going to stay on. You know, I'll, I'll drive around the block to listen to what you're doing. And I thank you for bringing so much information to the radio wave so that the community can know about what's going on and who is in the community working on the ground, making things happen. I thank you for your part in this. We couldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without Bot Radio. Appreciate Bot Radio. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I pray that the work continues. God bless you, my dear friend. Well, we're going to have to say goodbye, but as you did last time, you gave us some information so folks can contact you directly. They can also learn more about the Memphis Christian Pastors Network. You can go to our website, memphiscpn.org. There's a link on the uh, website where if you want to get in touch with me, you can send me a message via email, or you can give me a call, 901-302-5709. 302-5709. Yeah, that's my number. <laughs> I never call my number, you all, so you have to think about it. But give me a call. If a pastor who wants to join our organization, we welcome you uh, to join the Memphis Christian Pastors Network. You have to be a pastor. Memphis Christian Pastors Network. Join us as we work to uh, make our city better. Well, friends, we're going to say goodbye on that. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.